Welcome to Beijing's Daily News. Today is the 29th of September, 2022. We'll be covering Layer 3's, Web 3's disruption of the sports industry, activity profile of the Bitcoin network, and DeFi lending trends. Let's get to it. On September the 28th, the Thai posted a thread about Layer 3's on Twitter. The other main ones. Vitalik wrote about Layer 3's, but can scalability really just be added infinitely? Not exactly. Here are three visions for Layer 3's. Layer 2's for scaling, Layer 3's for customized functionality such as privacy, Layer 2 for general purpose scaling, Layer 3 for customized scaling, Layer 2 for trustless scaling such as rollups, and Layer 3 for weekly trustless scaling such as validiums. Rollups are a scaling mechanism that employs a variety of compression techniques to decrease the amount of data that a transaction must be kept on chain but up to a factor of 8. Validiums are snark-based systems for computation verification, but leave data availability to a trusted third party. A rollup costs very little per transaction. However, rollups must additionally pay a hefty fixed fee every time they submit a batch of transactions to chain. For optimistic rollups, 21,000 layer 1 gas is used every batch, where for ZK rollups need almost 400,000 for layer 1 gas. Layer 3 solved this in a way. A ZK rollup inside a ZK rollup would have fixed costs of roughly 8,000 layer 1 gas. In general, a three layer scaling design that involves piling one scaling strategy on top of another does not function well. So, for example, rollup plus rollup. However, a third layer design with distinct functions for the second and third layer can be effective. Although they may not be a long term solution, validiums on top of rollups may be the best course of action. On September the 28th, 2022, KOL Tasha tweeted his opinion on Web3 may disrupt the 500 billion sports industry. Here are the main contents. Media broadcasting rights are the biggest source of revenue for sports. In other words, sports sell content rights to media networks who then sell advertising. Media platforms are the middleman between sports teams such as sports content creators and brands such as advertisers. Actually, they're all chasing the same thing for fans' attention, but fan tokens will change that. The industry is a content business, creating entertainment to draw fan attention, which is sold to brands either directly via sponsorship or indirectly via media networks. Fan tokens are fungible digital assets issued by sports teams with the help of token platforms like Sequoias and Binance. When they issued on blockchain, they become part of the on-chain financial ecosystem that makes it easy for these tokens to have secondary market liquidity. There are three ways that Web3 will change the sports industry with fan tokens. Number one, creating a new product of interactive sports entertainment experience. That's partly what platforms like Socials are going for, to make sports audience experience participatory and interactivity by allowing token holders to vote on stuff and using tokens to gamify digital interaction with sports teams. Number two, becoming an alternative form of sports betting. A more straightforward use case for fan tokens is to piggyback on high growth sectors of online sports betting with tokens being an alternative type of betting tickets that are more casual and more accessible with less stigma. Number three, connecting audience and fans with brands directly. Remember what we talked about a minute ago, Audience attention is the biggest monetizable asset of the sports industry. It makes much of the industry's value add and profits possible. 
On September the 26th, 2022, Glassnode Insight published an article titled The Great Detox. The following is its main content. As the evaporation in global liquidity continues, emphasized by new local highs on the DYDX index, Bitcoin has remarkably shown a degree of relative strength. Bitcoin prices remain range down this week, ranging between a peak of 19,639 and lows of 18,309. However, price action is just barely hanging on to the consolidation range lows set in June or July, holding the line from what could be further capitulation. In this edition, riders shall analyze the activity profile of the network from the pillars of adoption, retail participation, and settlement utility. They will also explore the concept of lifespan to further understand the symbiotic relationship between network activity and participant spending behavior. In the end, they came to the conclusion network activity remains in a dire condition as network adoption levels slumped to levels last seen during the COVID crisis. However, one constructive observation will be the expulsion of retail participants from the network, leaving just the hodless class, career traders, and everyday Bitcoin users remaining. This suggests the user base is at its foundational level. The hodler class remains resolute with both mature coin USD wealth reaching all-time highs and a multitude of lifespan metrics fully resetting to historical lows, emphasizing the unwillingness to spend hold coins. This suggests the majority of current market chum is associated with short-term holder class, or rather the short-term holder classes. The short-term holders find themselves at an equilibrium period where speculative market flows and the STH cost basis are in phase. With such a large concentration of supply in the current consolidation range, a risk remains of a levy break should prices lose the June 17,500 lows. On September 27, 2022, the researcher at 1KX Network, Mikey, posted a thread on DeFi lending landscape on Twitter. Here are the main points. First, there are a lot of new protocols emerging at the moment, including DAMM Finance, Ribbon Finance, Lulo, Arcadia Finance, ArxX, DAMM and Ribbon compete directly with Maple and AdLenders in the institutional borrowing space, while Arcadia, ArcX and Frax are variations of existing models that we've already seen in the space. Many protocols have continued to pursue product verticalization in an attempt to increase value and moat capture. Here are some examples. Frax focuses on stablecoin, AMOs, AMM, and liquid staking, while AVI focuses on stablecoin, under-collateralized lending, and RWAs. ARCX focuses on credit scores, Ruben focuses on vaults plus lending. Some lending protocols are more focused on catering to long-tail assets. On the institutional side, DAMM is the only one where many long-tail assets are already available. From a TVO perspective, AVI is a clear winner thus far, partly due to its aggressive multi-chain rollout. 37% of its total TVL resides on Layer 2s or EVMs. Comp version 3 has been slow to migrate capital from version 2, which sits steady at the number 2 spot. Besides, most of the lending TVL resides on mainnet, but EVM and Layer 2s have been slowly taking market share. In the next cycle, increased usage and the number of projects on layer 2s will accelerate demand for leverage and therefore general liquidity. Verticalization is an interesting trend seen in all of DeFi, as lending is not the only sector that is seeing increasingly concentrated market share. 
Lido, Uniswap, and MegaDAO have extremely strong market share in their respective categories. New potential lending experiments. Number one, under-collateralized lending based on ZK proofs of off-chain collateral and tied to KYC on-ramp. Number two, loans using social-based NFTs as collateral. Number three, DAO-focused loans. If you're building in the lending space, don't hesitate to reach out. To continue hearing more, please subscribe to bishingventures.substack.com for daily newsletter and follow Twitter account Bishing Ventures to hear the rest. This is Celine from Bishing Ventures. Thank you for listening and we will see you tomorrow.